The New York Islanders played a strong game on Friday and a so-so game on Sunday, but overall they definitely responded to their embarrassing 7-0 loss to Pittsburgh last week. We have our key takeaways from both games and the latest injury updates next on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. A mixed result for the New York Islanders this weekend. We'll get to all of that. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, well, send us an email to LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever's on your mind. You can also follow the show on X at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on X at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders all season long, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis, and it's great to talk Isles hockey with you, game time or any time. First off, let's wish everybody a happy and a healthy new year. can't believe it is already 2024, and I wish everybody all the best in this new year. Hopefully a a healthier, happier, and more peaceful year ahead for everyone. And, of course, hopefully for the New York Islanders, some more success. A mixed bag over the weekend. And let's start with the Sunday night, the New Year's Eve game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, you know, they lose this one by a 3-1 to score. But overall, I do not think that this was a terrible performance. It was sort of an old-fashioned Islanders performance in that they did set up a lot of scoring opportunities but could not put the puck in the net until very late in the game when Samuel Bolduc scored with, what, a little more than six minutes left. And let's face it, Alex Nedeljkovic of the Pittsburgh Penguins was just red hot in this game, making some 
unbelievable saves that just, you know, had to be frustrating to the Islanders under the circumstances because they certainly did have their chances. And, you know, you start off this game, let's get to the good news. Scott Mayfield back in the lineup. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. But no Pierre Engvall. So they move up Hudson Fashing to the second line in place of Engvall, and they end up keeping Matt Martin in on the fourth line. And that didn't exactly work out as far as the second line of Nelson, Palmieri, and Fashing minus two in this game across the board. They struggled a little bit and did not really create a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of scoring chances, although Nelson did have, you know, six shots on goal, and Fashing had two, but again, not able to finish, not able to to get that much done, and clearly, uh, you know, Engvall, who has been struggling as of late, uh, you know, probably whether it was an injury or whether he just needed Uh, a day of maintenance, so to speak. Uh, He sits this one out. And interesting to note that Oliver Wallstrom still not coming into the game. Clearly, right now, the speed of Julian Gauthier, uh, a bigger asset to the New York Islanders than the potential for uh, what Oliver Wallstrom has been giving them. And it makes a big difference in the lineup to get that speed that they need. And I think it made even more sense to keep Gauthier in the lineup with Engvall, one of the faster players on the Islanders, not in the lineup. So I understand the decision by Lane Lambert in this game. Uh, Semyon Varlamov able to be the backup in this game. He was not the backup on Friday night. Uh, Ken Appleby was called up from Bridgeport to be the backup. Sorokin played well, 35 saves in 37 shots, and just, you know, not as good as Nedeljkovic, who saved 37 out of 38 shots, and that was, uh, you know, again, uh, just frustrating facing this goaltender who just played better than he tends to play on a regular basis. Not that Nedeljkovic isn't a good goalie and that he hasn't played well for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but as far as the Islanders are concerned, uh, you know, Matthew Barzal doing his thing. He had some chances. Casey Sezikis had three really good scoring chances in this game and could not capitalize again Part of it, a little bit of bad luck, but most of it, Nedeljkovic. And I, I, I got to say this, you know, Matt Martin has been back in the lineup the last couple of games. And to his credit, Matt Martin has been energized in both contests. He played a strong game on Friday and came out with fists ablazing against John Ludwig in the first seven seconds of the game uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So to me, you know, that is a good sign because Matt Martin understands he's got to be hungry. He's 
if he wants to stay in the lineup when everybody's healthy, and I don't know necessarily that he will, but if he wants to stay in the lineup, he is going to have to give you all of that energy and all of the uh, physicality and the forechecking and when necessary, defending your teammates, all of that is what you need from a guy like Matt Martin, and yet, you know, you got it over the last couple of games, and that is a definite, necessary, and positive thing for the New York Islanders. I mean, he had three hits in the first period against Washington in a little more than three minutes of ice time, and then, of course, dropping the gloves right away in this game against the Penguins, and you know, you can add three shots on goal for Matty Martz, and you could see his value to the team. As far as the hero and goat of the game, uh, I'm going to give the hero of the game to Ilya Sorokin for his 35-save performance. I guess Samuel Bolduc would be next on that list, but to me, Sorokin did a very admirable job in this one. And, you know, go to the game. This, this, this one is tough. Uh, I think, you know, the bad play that Bolduc made that led to one of the goals, you could make him the go to the game. Uh, but overall, I think it's just the team's failure to put the puck in the net when they had the chance. And boy, did they have a lot of chances in this game. They just couldn't finish. It was sort of deja vu all over again for the Islanders, but not this year's Islanders, more like the Islanders of a couple of years ago. And yeah, it, it definitely was a frustrating game, but let's say this. Over the course of this entire game, it was not a bad performance. It was not an ideal performance, but it was not a bad performance. They hung tough. They stayed in this game. Yeah, they lost. No, they weren't the better team, especially in the first couple of periods. But this was a solid effort, and they end up with a disappointing loss. But again, not a bad performance to kick off this road trip overall. And you're slowly but surely getting healthier. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. We will discuss the big win on Friday for the Islanders against the Washington Capitals. We'll have our hero and go to that game. Plus, uh, for our Islanders birthday of the day, an original New York Islander who didn't quite make it to the Stanley Cup years, but he was a small and tough defenseman who was a big part of the Islanders in the 1970s. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live, same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, 
make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's the best way to find popular parlays and a whole lot more. And look, it's not just the NFL. you got college playoffs coming up. You've got the college basketball, NBA, and of course you could use your knowledge of the Islanders and the NHL on FanDuel as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The Friday win over the Washington Capitals, final score in that one was 5-1. to one. That was a huge, huge game for the New York Islanders. And they absolutely needed to respond after that embarrassing 7-0 loss. And they went out and they did it. And it was just great to see Alexander Ovechkin, one shot on goal, in this game, and Ilya Sorokin should have had a shutout, ends up losing the shutout with like 17 seconds and change left in the game on a funny bounce that the puck took, and it cost him the shutout, but overall, the Islanders clearly responded to the terrible performance that they had against the Penguins two days earlier. And the third line really getting the job done. Julian Gauthier, two goals in, what, 18 seconds? Three-point night for Gauthier. He was outstanding. You saw that speed and what that speed meant to the Islanders in this particular instance. And then J.G. Pajot, who we have been rooting for all year, who has had his issues with uh, scoring this year. Two goals, two assists, a plus four. Just an outstanding performance right there by Pajot. And oh yeah, by the way, he won 11 out of 14 face-offs as well. That was absolutely huge. Add two assists for Bo Horvat, and you've got the makings of a solid game all the way around. No adoption, a goal, and a plus three. This was the big answer for the New York Islanders. Why? Because they demonstrated beyond the shadow of a doubt that they could respond to their poor performance of the other day. As we said before, every NHL team has their dud games where nothing goes right, where you're just disappointed in everything that happens on the ice. You didn't come to play. Well, in this game, the Islanders showed that they were mad as heck and they weren't going to take it anymore, and they played one of their better 60-minute efforts in this win. Go to the game. To me, it's whatever was on the ice that caused the puck to hop over Sorokin's stick to give up that last goal. And look, Sorokin made a gamble on that play. He wanted to get to the puck. Instead of covering it, he tried to play it to keep the clock rolling, and it ended up costing him. But 
to me, that is the closest you're going to get to a GOAT of the game. Hero of the game, it's got to be J.G. Pajot. Julian Gauthier would be a quick, uh, you know, a, a, a close second. But J.G. Pajot just absolutely having one heck of a game for the New York Islanders. And this game, I think, said a lot about Lane Lambert and where this team is at. It said something about the resilience of this team, and it absolutely made a big difference to the New York Islanders to show that, yeah, okay, we are not demoralized by our poor performance. We are not sulking after our poor performance. We are here, and we are going to get you know, the job done in a big division game that was a four-point swing. So I wanted, coming into the weekend, I wanted at least three points out of a possible four for the, the New York Islanders against both Washington and Pittsburgh. We ended up having to settle for two, but to me, the more important thing is how did this team play? And clearly, they played well enough to... They definitely dominated the Washington game. And they played well enough against Pittsburgh to win if they didn't run into a very hot goalie. And you play that way 10 times, you'll probably win five and get a couple of loser points. Notice I didn't say you'd win seven because this is the Islanders, but... You know, you'd win at least five of those and probably get something in the neighborhood of 12 points out of uh, out of those games. I'll take it as a strong bounce-back pair of games, even though I definitely would have preferred to beat the Penguins. And, oh, by the way, losing twice to the Penguins so far in the first two meetings, can't let that get inside your head psychologically, it is going to be very important for the New York Islanders to play well again next time they face the Penguins. They played well last night, New Year's Eve, against Pittsburgh, and that was certainly encouraging, but at the same time, uh, you want to get the two points. And the fact that you've now played two complete games against the Pittsburgh Penguins and only come away with one goal in those two games, uh, you got to correct that. And I'll, I'll add another factor. The power play for the New York Islanders has cooled off as of late. And one thing I noticed, they are not moving the puck as quickly on the power play as they were when they were getting goals. They're still trying to set up these cross-ice passes for one-timers, which is better puck movement than what we've seen before, but they're not moving as much without the puck, and they're not moving the puck as quickly as they did, and I think those are two factors as to why they're not able to finish on the power play. They had one power play Sunday night against Pittsburgh. They did everything but score, and, you know, honestly, for a large chunk of the game, it seemed like they did everything but score uh, but they just couldn't quite finish, except for the one goal by Bullduke. So overall, you, you asking me about this weekend, yeah, I wanted a third point, but 
the, the way they played Friday was outstanding, and the way they played Sunday was solid. And not perfect, but not bad. They didn't get blown out. They didn't give up too many high-danger chances. Finally, we saw more of a, a, a solid A game from Sorokin. I'll take it. Any time playing like that, just got to shore up the offense and the finishing. And hopefully, things will continue to get better for the New York Islanders. We have got more to get to on today's show. Lots of injury updates to talk about. Uh, so we'll definitely get to that. Plus our Islanders birthday of the day. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So let's get to the injury updates. We mentioned Scott Mayfield. He has returned to the lineup. Was happy to see him in there against Pittsburgh. Played almost 18 minutes. 17 minutes, 58 seconds. Had one shot on goal, two hits, one block shot. And to me, that just indicates that he is, you know, not afraid to, to go out there and, and do his job defensively. Uh, I think we'll see a little more minutes-wise for Mayfield. Maybe not right away, but certainly as he gets healthy again. And not a big surprise. And everydayers, you know, we touched on this last week. Uh, that it was Robert Bortuzzo who was the first defenseman to sit. He was a healthy scratch against Pittsburgh on New Year's Eve, and I think that move makes the most sense. So good to have uh, Scott Mayfield back in the lineup. Meanwhile, um, we mentioned that Semyon Varlamov uh, was not the backup goalie for the New York Islanders on uh, Friday night, that was Ken Appleby. Uh, it was originally uh, considered, and remember on Friday show, we mentioned he was given a maintenance day, and we can put that in air quotes if you like. But obviously, whatever it was, whether it was an illness or an injury or just soreness, whatever it was, it was enough to keep Varlamov from being in between the pipes against uh, Washington, and even just being the backup against Washington. But Varley back and was the backup against Pittsburgh. So that's good. And look, you know, Ken Appleby, nice paycheck for being the backup goalie uh, against the Washington Capitals. And he was able to be back with the Bridgeport Islanders on uh, Saturday and Sunday. You know, always good to have... Uh, they play a lot of weekend games, almost exclusively weekend games, maybe 80% weekend games in the AHL. So being able to have him back in the lineup for Bridgeport on Saturday was certainly a plus. But then there's another little piece of good news, and that was this. Adam Pellick traveling with the Islanders on this road trip. And, you know, he had a lower body injury, suffered way back on November 24th. So he skated with his teammates for the first time since the injury. And the fact that he is on this trip. And, you know, that tells you that the Islanders are thinking that maybe Adam Pellick can return 
at some point in the next three games during this road trip. We'll see what happens with that. But then Ryan Pollock put on the injured reserve, long-term injured reserve by the Islanders. So that will certainly affect, again, the cap. Pellick, Pollock, both still on LTIR, but there's a possibility that Pellick uh, will be able to skate again and skate again within the next three games and be out there. It's an interesting possibility, but we have to see what happens and how long either one of them remains out of the lineup, but at least progress. He's skating, and that is encouraging for the New York Islanders. Now, as to who is the next defenseman to sit if Pellick does return, it's either going to be Ajo or Bolduc. And, you know, logic says that it would be one of those two guys and the other one will skate. I think they would probably keep Ajo in the lineup over Bolduc, but I know there are some fans who would probably want it flipped and go the other way around. Either way, though, the first thing that has to happen is that we need Adam Pellick to actually be ready to return, but at least there is some progress. Now, as I mentioned, no Julian uh, Gauthier on, uh, excuse me, no Pierre Engvall on Sunday. We'll keep an eye on his situation as to whether or not uh, he is just out for one game or he is going to miss a little bit more time than that. But again, interesting to see that they do not go with Oliver Wallstrom. They keep Matt Martin in the lineup and move Hudson Fashing up to line number two. Let's see what happens in Denver on Tuesday. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And this is uh, sort of a sad one in some ways because New Year's Day today would have been the 76th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Jerry Hart. Of course, we lost Hart last year uh, at the age of 75. The native of Flin Flon, Manitoba, only 5'9", 175 pounds, but he never backed down from anyone. Had a few cups of coffee with the Red Wings starting in 68-69, but really became a regular in the NHL in 70-71 with Detroit, and then was with the Islanders in 72-73, played 47 games for them that year. Never scored more than six goals in an NHL season. Never scored more than 26 points in an NHL season. He was a defensive defenseman and a tough guy, and you didn't mess around with Jerry Hart, even though, again, only 5'9", 175 pounds. Stayed with the Islanders through the 78-79 season, then was selected by the Quebec Nordique in the expansion draft, played a season plus in Quebec, and then uh, three seasons with the St. Louis Blues before hanging up his skates after the 82-83 season. 730 career NHL games for Jerry Hart, 29 goals, 179 points, 1,240 penalty minutes, add three goals, 15 points, and 175 penalty minutes, in 78 playoff games, 
uh, all of them except for 20. So 58 of those with the Islanders, and he was a big part of the 75 playoff run. And again, just a great teammate and an underappreciated guy. If you saw Jerry Hart play game in and game out, you really rooted for him and enjoyed watching him do his thing, and his teammates always appreciated him. His best game as an Islander, offensively at least, how about January 6th, 1976, at the Nassau Coliseum, the Kansas City Scouts, who then became the Colorado Rockies, and then became the New Jersey Devils, were the opponent, Bill McKenzie, their goalie, Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders, and the Islanders end up crushing the Scouts by a score of 8-1, to one. but for Jerry Hart, two goals, two assists, a plus three, and he scored on both of his shots on goal in this one. His first goal coming early in the third period, Brian Trottier, the assist, then he scored the final goal of the game with a little less than five minutes left, Andre St. Laurent with the assist on that one. He assisted on goals by Brian Trottier and Clark Gillies, so a big four-point night for Jerry Hart, who unfortunately, again, left us too soon last May 12th. Jerry Hart is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will have the latest injury updates and a full preview of the Islanders game in Denver against the Colorado Avalanche as this important road trip continues. So make sure you join us for that. Again, happy and a healthy new year to everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.